Welcome to the Come Follow Me podcast for teens and for parents of teens, a podcast to supplement your weekly study of the Come Follow Me curriculum with thoughts, ideas, principles, stories, and questions all geared towards helping teenagers better follow Christ through their teenage years. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Come Follow Me podcast for teens. I'm Josh Downs and uh, today's episode is episode 32. We're going to be taking a look at Acts chapters 22 through 28 uh, with the theme, A Minister and a Witness. I just want to start out today by maybe just asking a, a really couple simple questions that I know have been weighing on me a lot uh, recently and have at different periods throughout my life. Uh, the questions are this, have you ever wondered why life can be so hard sometimes? <laughs> it's just a very simple question, right? Or maybe even ever wonder why whenever you're trying to do everything right, sometimes very little seem to go right. Have you ever had those kind of thoughts? I know that, again, I have thought those kinds of things several times throughout my life, as I'm sure you have as well. Well, today's lesson, I I really believe, helps to answer those questions or at least give us a few guiding principles to help navigate those challenging times I'm referring to. The background on these chapters are as follows, or is as follows. When we are on the Lord's errand, President Thomas S. Monson promised, we are entitled to the Lord's help. We are not entitled, however, to a smooth road and an endless stream of successes. And for proof of this, we need look no further than Paul the Apostle. His errand from the Savior was to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. In chapters 22 through 28 of Acts, we see Paul fulfilling this errand and facing great opposition. Chains, imprisonment, physical abuse, a shipwreck, and even a snake attack. (laughs) But we also see that Jesus stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul. Boy, don't we need to have the Savior say that to us once in a while. Be of good cheer. It's going to be okay. Paul's experiences are an inspiring reminder that the Lord's call to declare his gospel with the sound of rejoicing comes with this promise. Lift up your hearts and be glad. For I am in your midst. I know last week we talked a little bit at length about that and referenced uh, different missionary experiences and how hard a mission could be and how the Lord is there for his missionaries. Well, he's also there for the rest of us as well, all of us, when we go through hard things, especially as we're trying to follow him. And so here's a few principles from this week to kind of remind us of, of how to stay strong like Paul even when going through hard things. In the first few chapters, Paul is beginning to experience some pretty severe persecution and resistance to the message that he is trying to teach. In chapter 23, as the chapter heading details, Paul is smitten at Ananias' order. There are 40 Jews that are plotting his death, and he is eventually delivered over to Felix, who is the governor of the area. In chapter 24, he is accused of sedition, He is eventually brought before Festus in chapter 25. He appeals into Caesar and then eventually finds his way before King Agrippa, who hears Paul. And all throughout all of these experiences, all this resistance, Paul continues to share his conversion story and to share his message about Christ and his gospel. 
And the verse they want to draw your attention to is just verse 28 of chapter 26. As Paul begins to wrap up and does wrap up his teaching and testifying of Christ before King Agrippa, it is so interesting to see King Agrippa's answer to Paul. In verse 28, it reads, Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be Christian. I want you to mark that verse because what a, what a sad verse it is to come so close but yet to miss it. King Agrippa was right there. He almost was persuaded to be Christian. Reminds me of a statement that President Harold B. Lee gave and taught some years ago when he told him an experience that he had when he said, We were back east a short time ago and a good bishop made an interesting comment about what he called the saddest words that he knows of from a man in a high station. He read from the words in the days of the Apostle Paul, when Paul, before King Agrippa, had borne his powerful testimony of his conversion. And King Agrippa's reply was, Again, almost thou persuadest me to be Christian. Then the bishop said, The king knew the truth, but he lacked the courage to do that which would be required. And he could only say then, Almost thou persuadest. Almost persuaded under certain circumstances to do the thing the Lord would want him to do. And then he characterized some things that he discovered in his own ward in a short but powerful sermon. In response to the master, come follow me, some members, almost, he said, but not quite, say, thou persuadest me, almost, to be honest, but I need a little extra help to pass a test. Almost thou persuadest me to keep the Sabbath day holy, but it's fun to play ball on Sunday. Almost though thou persuadest me to love my neighbor, but he's a rascal. I guess that's what they called unruly neighbors back then. <laughs> Almost thou persuadest me to be tolerant of others' views, but they are dead wrong. To be kind to sister, but she hit me first. To go home teaching, but it's so cold and damp outside tonight. To pay tithes and offerings, but we do need a new color TV. To find the owner of a lost watch, but no one returned the watch I lost. To pass the sacrament, but I've graduated from the deacons now. Almost thou persuadest me to be reverent, but I had to tell my pal about my date last night. Almost thou persuadest me to attend stake leadership meeting, but I know more than the leader on that subject, so why should I go? Almost thou persuadest me to almost go to sacrament meeting. There is going to be such an uninteresting speaker. Almost, 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 but not quite. Not able quite to reach. He said that back in 1964, but I think those words ring very true today. And we don't use things like that to guilt us into doing things differently, but I think just to help remind us of how sometimes we might find ourselves in a similar situation that King Agrippa was, where we know the truth, but we're a little too afraid to act on it. Maybe we worry a little bit too much about what others think, or we just need to build up the courage or the faith to take the necessary steps to do what we know we need to do. I would hate to get to the end of my life and hear that word or that phrase, almost. <laughs> you almost made it. You almost did what you needed to do. I don't want that to happen to me. I don't want that to happen for any of us. 
Another great statement that I loved was from Elder Robert D. Hales when he invited us to be there when we're supposed to be there, to be where we're supposed to be when we're supposed to be there, to show up at the right time in the right place in the right way. He said, each of us was there in the council in heaven to choose the great plan of happiness that we now enjoy. When you have made a commitment to yourself, to your family, to your bishop, to your employer, be there. When it's time to be in church or young men's, young women's or fulfilling an assignment, be there. When it's time to graduate from school or training programs, be there. When it's time to serve a mission, be there. When the young woman or man that you love most kneels at the altar of God's holy temple, be there and not as a witness. When your family is gathered in the celestial kingdom, be there. When the Savior waits to greet you as you return with honor from your life on this earth and your heavenly Father wants to encircle you about in the arms of his love, be there. We don't want the almost in any of those situations or circumstances, do we? Young people learning to be there at the right time in the right way is one of the greatest things you can learn to do. As the scriptures encourage us to do, stand in holy places and be not moved. Let's try to eliminate the word almost as much as we can from our actions, especially when it comes to following Christ and his gospel. I know there's going to be great opposition There always is when doing good things and trying to follow Christ. If we can learn to push through the almosts in life, we will find those blessings that we want most of all. I remember President Monson once teaching that the most important commandment we can keep is the one that we are currently struggling with the most. A few questions to consider just on this principle is, is first of all, what are some of the reasons that we tend to give for almost paying our tithing, or almost going to church, or almost reading our scriptures and saying our prayers each night, for almost being honest in other like things. What is one of the almost in your life that you can turn to always? And how will you do it? Which commandment is currently the most important one for you to live? Now for the next principle, I want to take a look at chapter 27. In chapter 27, we read of Paul's experience with a shipwreck and some of the dangers that befell the journey that he was on. There's some great principles that we could take away from this journey, but I think above all is is just again a reminder that this is mortality and that there are bad things that happen. There are difficult circumstances that we might find ourselves in and challenging experiences which to navigate. Starting in verse 9, we read of this experience that Paul had and the challenges that came to him and those that were on the ship with him. Verse 9 reads, Now when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the landing and ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. That's the first mistake, right? We have talked at length about the value and the importance of following the prophet 
and the apostles. And here's just another example of what happens and how we can choose to follow them and be blessed or reject them and suffer. In this particular case, they chose to go a different direction than listening to Paul. Verse 12, And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also. And so they leave on the ship. Verse 13, And when the south wind blew softly, supposing they had obtained their purpose, losing thence they sailed close by Crete. But not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind. Verse 15, And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. They no longer are in control. That often happens when we tend to ignore a prophet's warning or counsel. We lose control of our ship. Verse 18, And being thence exceedingly tossed with the tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. Verse 20, And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Now they're in a very difficult situation, one where they have literally lost hope that things could ever be okay or ever be good again, or that they could survive even. But in verse 21, after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me, <laughs> and not have loosed from Crete, and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told to me. I just, I love that story, a short little experience, but just a great reminder of one, to always follow the prophet, to make sure we are always sailing with him, and two, to be of good cheer in times of distress and doubt and worry and concern, knowing that God is always in control, even when it seems like things are out of control. In fact, there may be times where we feel like jumping out of the ship for fear of, of what's going on. But those are the times that we need to stay in the ship the most. President Nielsen taught this years ago when he said this, and I, I want you to mark in verse 24 this statement, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. There's a relationship there that is taught about the importance of following the prophet and the safety of, that can come in doing that. President Nielsen taught, Loyalty to the Lord carries an obligation of loyalty to those called by the Lord to lead His church. He has empowered that men be ordained to speak in His holy name as they guide His unsinkable boat safely towards the shore of salvation. We would do well to stay on board with them. No waters can swallow the ship where lies the master of ocean and earth and skies. Nevertheless, some individuals want to jump out of the boat before reaching land, and others sadly are persuaded out by companions who insist that they know more about life's perilous journey than do prophets of the Lord. Problems often arise that are not of your own making. Some of you may innocently find yourselves abandoned by one you trusted, but you will never be forsaken by your Redeemer. 
who said, I, the Lord, am bound when you do what I say. Without a strong commitment to the Lord, an individual is more prone to have a low level of commitment to a spouse. Weak commitments to eternal covenants lead to losses of eternal consequence. Laments later in life are laced with remorse as expressed in these lines. Of all the sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these. It might have been. Staying with the prophet, staying on the boat, ensures that we will get to wherever it is that we need to get safely. And again, it doesn't mean that it will be easy. But again, I think that's taught here in these kinds of stories. It was President Irene that once counseled that you'll always know that you're heading on the right path because the right path will always be uphill. (laughs) The Lord is anxious to lead us to the safety of higher ground. The light that comes to us with truth will be brighter than the darkness that comes from sin and error around us. I love that statement from President Irene. And have you noticed how quickly prophets and apostles are to point out the need to be of good cheer, even when the conditions of the world seem to be getting worse and worse? They are still optimistic and full of faith because, well, they see things differently than we do. They are referred to as seers, and they can help us to see joy and to see happiness and to be of good cheer in even the most precarious of situations. A few questions for you to consider in regards to this principle. Number one is, what will you do to make sure that you're always sailing with the prophet? That you remain in the boat that they are on? Why do you think that even prophets and apostles go through things like tempests and shipwrecks? What is the value in adversity for us? Maybe what can you do to be more of good cheer when going through these kinds of hard things? What can you remember or what will you remember and remind yourself of to shift your thinking and feelings from negative to positive ones? Ones filled with faith and hope instead of fear and doubt. Now for principle three, I'm going to direct you to a talk. It was given by President Benson back in October of 1974, titled Do Not Despair. And I want to do this because this has been one of the landmark talks that I have referred to often when going through difficult things. And whenever those feelings of despair have began to kind of overtake me as a result of those things I'm going through. In this talk, he outlines several things that one can do to not despair. And several of those things are mentioned throughout these chapters that we've been looking at. And we'll point those out as we go. But I wanted to give you these 12 things that he gives to us to help whenever facing discouragement and potentially despair. And the very first, and probably one of the most important, is repentance. There's a great verse in the Book of Mormon that helps us to really understand where it is that despair comes from. In Moroni chapter 10, verse 22, it's pointed out that despair cometh because of iniquity. In other words, when and if we begin to lose help, chances are pretty good that there will be some kind of sin that is sucking that out of us, that is keeping us from having hope. Because as sin begins to fill our life, light begins to get pushed out. As Abraham Lincoln said, when I do good, I feel good. And when I do bad, I feel bad. 
Sin always pulls a man down into despondency and despair. One of the things that I love about Paul in all of his journeys, and one of the reasons I believe he was able to stay in such a good mood and, and be of good cheer like he counsels us to do, is because of verse 16 in chapter 24. I want you to mark this verse. Because here he says, And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward men. That's the place that we want to get to. That's the kind of conscience we want to have. A conscience that is void of offense towards God and towards man is a conscience that can weather just about any storm because we know we're living right. Now, it doesn't mean that you won't ever make mistakes. We all need repentance, but it means that we repent of them. And instead of the, the despair that comes from sin, there's the hope that comes from forgiveness. The prophet Joseph knew this feeling very well when even approaching what he knew would be the end of his life. He said, I am going like a lamb to the slaughter, but I am as calm as a summer's morning. Why? Because I have a conscience void of offense towards God and toward all men. Number two, he said, was prayer. And we all need prayer prayer. The pray always, as the Lord said, that you may come off conquer. Number third is service. To lose yourself in righteous service to others can lift your sights and get your mind off personal problems, or at least put them in proper focus. Uh, number four, he said, was work. That the earth was cursed for Adam's sake. It, although we may see work as the curse, work is actually our blessing. It's not our doom. God has a work to do, and so should we. Number fifth is health, and that's simply that the condition of the physical body can affect the spirit. It's one of the reasons we have the word of wisdom. Six is reading, whether it's the scriptures or something else inspirational. Words have power to lift. Seventh is blessing. In a particular stressful time or in the anticipation of a critical event, he said one can seek for a blessing under the hands of the priesthood. I would recommend that highly. Eighth is fasting, that there is power that can come to us when we fast. Ninth is friends. This is a powerful suggestion, one that even the Apostle Paul turned to when going through hard things. In chapter 27, verse 3, it reads, In the next day we touched at Sidon, and Julius courteously entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go unto his friends to refresh himself. I would highly suggest young people that you make sure to surround yourself with those kind of friends that can refresh you that can uplift you that inspire you to be better if there's one thing that can help you to overcome despair and discouragement and get through difficult challenging things it is good friends president benson does point out in this suggestion that your family ought to be some of your closest friends and i would hope that they are Tenth, he says, is music, that inspiring music, uplifting music, can fill our souls with heavenly thoughts. It can, they can move us to righteous action or speak peace to our soul. Eleventh is endurance, the ability to endure and to persevere and develop that characteristic in ourselves is incredibly helpful when going through hard things. And then twelfth is goals. He said every accountable child of God needs to set goals, short and long-range goals. And those are Prophet's 12 suggestions. Again, I would encourage you to seek out that talk. It's called Do Not Despair. 
and to look a little bit more closely at each of those suggestions and what a prophet has to say about them. I know that these suggestions can help you immensely when facing the, the challenges that life will throw your way. And I would invite you to look a little bit more closely at each one of them. Now, a couple questions for you to consider about that particular principle. Number one, which of those suggestions has been most helpful to you in your life whenever you've gone through hard things? Another question may be, which of those would you like to use a little bit more? What can you do to move towards having a conscience void of offense towards God and man? Another question may be, what friends come to mind for you that inspire and uplift you, especially when things are difficult? And lastly, what can you do to better develop those kinds of relationships, those kinds of friendships within your own family? Now, thanks for listening today, everybody. I hope that those thoughts have been helpful, those principles helpful in guiding you through some of the challenges that inevitably uh, will come in your life that may even be in your life currently. And remember, as always, that that person is greatest and most blessed and joyful, whose life most closely approaches the pattern of the Christ. This has nothing to do with earthly wealth, power, and prestige. The only true test of greatness, blessedness, joyfulness is how close a life can come to being like the Master Jesus Christ. He is the right way, the full truth, and the abundant life. And He invites us all to come follow me. So let's follow Him better this week and become better as we follow Him, even when it's difficult. Until next week, everyone, I'm Josh Downs, and you've been listening to Come Follow Me for Teens.